Hello again, everyone. This is Dan Duva. It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. December hockey has arrived, and the Golden Knights starting the month on their longest winning streak of the season. But last game at home against the Rangers, a shutout loss at T-Mobile Arena for just the third time ever. So Vegas 4-1-1 in the last six, third in the Pacific Division. Has Vegas figured out its game? What more can they be? We talk about Malcolm Subban's play and Marc-Andre Fleury's absence, how the team will make up for two injured centers, and Gerard Gallant's coaching mindset. We also talk about our worst Christmas gifts and our best Christmas gifts with just eight games remaining before the holiday break. It's SLGND, the Sheriff Lawless and Some Guy Named Dave podcast, presented by the D Hotel. And now, here's Dave! Great job, Dan. We appreciate your input as always. Happy holidays, Dave. Happy holidays to you, Dan. Can we say Merry Christmas? How about Merry, Merry Christmas? Merry Christmas. There yeah, you go. Merry sure. Christmas, even though it's uh, we're still a couple of weeks away. Have you started your shopping yet, by the a, way? A little bit. Okay, you're way bit. ahead of Dave. Not, not enough, though. Okay. The Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast, coming to you from our VGK World Headquarters in downtown Summerlin. I am Some Guy Named Dave, along with Shane Nightingale Lawless and Dan Duva. Hashtag SLGND. All right, fellas, so here we are, 32 games into the season for the Golden Knights. Coming off a loss last night against the New York Rangers. Uh, that ended a stretch for the Golden Knights of five straight with points. And uh, the second run they've had this year of, of five in a row with points, and that's, that started chain with um, the night before Thanksgiving, right? The, the big game in Nashville. Um, you know, we've talked about this team needed something. That trip was Dallas-Nashville, and they lost in Dallas, and you know, maybe some sort of a springboard for them to, to get going. And it did lead to a, a five-game point streak with that. was their most dramatic win of the season in Nashville. Well, it really was. And it was the type of win that you build off. Um, you know, when you can win, there, there's so much emotion tied to a game, winning, losing. Um, you know, there's ups, there's downs. But when you can score with .3 seconds left to tie it, as Max Pacioretty did, then win it in overtime shortly after when you've been not good in overtime situations – uh, you know, with Paul Stastny scoring. Uh, if you can't build off that, you've got some uh, serious issues. We talked all year about they ne- needed more consistency. Well, consistency is great, but you've got to get wins. This is this is a win business. Uh, so they were able to do that. Um, I, I still feel we haven't seen the best in the Golden Knights. So I think that's both good and bad at this point. But um, they played well enough, uh, you know, last game, not good enough, uh, as we saw last night in their loss, but, uh, certainly a good run, a good trip out to New York, uh, <laughs> some positives there, but I still feel they have not hit their top level yet with everybody and firing on all cylinders. And we'll unpack tomorrow night, last night, a little later on, cause it's a separate issue. But it, the last time we sat around here, we talked about system. And we didn't like the way the Golden Knights were playing. We didn't like the fact that they played man-to-man in the defensive zone while they switched it. Gerard Gallant decided we're going to switch to more of a a zone uh, in the defensive zone. And that has resulted in them playing with more structure and looking like a a much more organized team. The, The problem that still, and I agree with Shane, we haven't seen their best. They played the Islanders the other night, and they lost in overtime. And the Islanders have been playing the same way since Barry Trotz got there. And so they have a process and a structure all in place, and it's what they rely on no matter what. Like it, that the way they play is 
it, it doesn't change, and they're really efficient with it. Vegas is kind of in some way, Shane, back in October because they just made this switch. They've kind of got to, they, they need to play this way for a while, and they're going to struggle and they're going to stumble at times because it's 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 new. Once it's really in place, and they've, like, I think you're right. We haven't seen them get all firing on, on the same cylinders, and I think that their defensive play has affected their offensive play. All of these things, what, what, it, what it really leads me to believe is the runway for them in terms of growth is really long. They've got an opportunity to get a lot better than they are right now. And I like the look at the Islanders. I don't know how much better the Islanders are going to be at the end of the season. No. They, they are who they are. Uh, Vegas has just, they have changed their, the way they play, which in some ways changes their identity. They've got a lot of work to do, the, the, and that's going to take some time. The well, abridged version, chain of what they tweaked. Well, they did. They went from man-on-man coverage to basically a zone defense. So that's a matter of, you know, the forward, if guy comes to his D pinches, he doesn't stay with them and chase them all around the zone. You pass it off. It's communication. Uh, it's the ability to really... And you hear every team. So if you want to score goals, you got to get to the inside. If you want to defend goals, you keep them to the outside. So basically, that's what they're doing. When you get man and man, you get running around a lot. And then also when there's when eventually you do get the puck in your defensive, and sometimes you don't have your wingers or your forwards there for the right breakout to get into transition to play with speed between the blue lines. So. Uh, you know, it worked for them in the past. Uh, I think a lot of teams have switched now. The majority of the league is zone. Uh, it's the way the league goes. It's it, it's a bit of a copycat league in, in terms of systems. And then it's a matter of who executes better. But it, to me, it makes more sense as a former player. I like playing zone a lot better than man-on-man coverage in the defensive end. Um, you leave good ice to go to bad ice quite often, right? And, and I do, exactly. And I think they they've... I think they've done a real good job. You look at the Islanders, who you mentioned are so ingrained in that defensive structure. Well, that first period there, it was it was just a chess match. Mm-hmm. So the Gold Knights were able to do it. My when is a lot? When have we seen? And, and I think they're two of the, the maybe the best top six are up there in the top five in the NHL. The Golden Knights have when have both lines rolled at the same time in Paul the same Sassi game? Hasn't had an assist in twenty one games. Yeah. You know, like uh, well, Marsha so went eight games, then yeah. he rolls. But William, William Carlson's not a goal. Carlson ten, Gordon ten, ten. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah. and uh, actually, Dan had a great stat yesterday. Stones cooled off. Uh, yeah. They're they are twenty eighth in the league, or they were yesterday twenty eighth in the league in conversion on high danger scoring chances at around seven point two percent. Their shooting percentages has been in the eights all year. It never gets out of there. Like that, w- w- and I think a lot of that comes from. Uh, there's really good. So it's good that here. they're generating. The bad is they're, yeah, not, they're, not, finishing, they're not finishing. But that's it. also a positive that exactly. eventually it should it, it, come. It, I think they can, they're going to get this defensive thing figured out. That's going to result in you know spending less time in the defensive zone. They're moving through the neutral zone way better right now because they're not just using the walls. They're using the middle of the ice. So I think that's a great change. All of these things I think are are they're all a work in progress, and it's going to take a little bit of time. Now they don't have a ton of time. They gotta they gotta stay in the hunt for sure. But I just to me the future or at some point in time everything's gonna click and there is the potential for this team to be really good. Well, and they tweaked it not inconsequentially before the Nashville game, right? And that's Shane. You talked about it on TV. I mean, it, it, there's not a more active defense core in the league. <laughs> You'll see an Ellis roll over the ice in yeah. the offense. Well, they're, they they set up a goal with the two of them right, right down low, a, a play to the front of the net, right. Right. So they tweak it before that game. They come back and win that game. 
they come back here on Gold Friday. They win over over Arizona. And then it leads, Dan, to a good road trip, right? I mean, it's uh, the Rangers game. They're on top of it right away. Alex Tuck, who we should mention, has started to pick up his pace, right? A couple of injuries earlier this year. Slowed a bit after he came back in the second injury. Really started with that game against Arizona where he scores in regulation, scores a shootout clincher. He scores the first two goals in four minutes in the in the Ranger game. Um, but, you know, in terms of Shane mentioned, they haven't had the first line or the second line going simultaneously this year. They also hadn't had a ton of production production from their bottom six or their third line. So for Tuck to, to yeah. get in has been significant. Oh, the third line in particular. Right. In fact, probably the fourth line, given Carrier's production, he's got seven points. It's, you know, that's, you're not anticipating that. Um, Nick Waugh coming in, no sick kind of third line to the fourth line. But what what the interesting wrinkle in there, of course, is the injury to Cody Eakin. And if not for the injury to Cody Eakin, Cody Glass probably doesn't move to the center position. And how much does that allow Alex Tuck to free himself to, or whatever clicked for him? Uh, he has the four-game scoring streak, four goals, three assists, and seven points in those four games, plus the shootout winner. And um, he... He just eats up ice when he skates. And Cody Glass talked about it a little bit. You know, there are not too many guys that have his speed in full gallop. And he took advantage of that. Um, it, was it a mindset thing? Sometimes, you know, when Tuck has the puck, you're you're kind of wondering, okay, well, what's he going to do? What's he going to do? And I'm sometimes I'm not sure if Alex even knows. Yeah. But he turned it. He It clicked. And for four games, it, it at any moment, you thought when Alex had the puck, something Good could happen. And then at the same time, Jonathan Marcheseau scores three goals in one period, and he has uh, himself a four-game scoring streak. So the Knights had those two guys, and without Marcheseau and Tuck turning it into overdrive, not just a few good games, but excellent production. Monster games. W- without that, we're not talking about a five-game yeah. point streak right now. Right. You know, I think that that's as good as those individual performers were, and we can laud the success of the switch to the zone defense you know, you had those couple of guys do really well. And then Malcolm Subban turned in a couple of really good performances with Marc-Andre Fleury away from the team. But without those guys really stepping it up, I think that there are still other places to, to look around and say, geez, as you guys said, yeah. it hasn't been a full up and down kind of uh, team effort on a consistent basis. Is it safe enough to say, and we touched on it, though, yesterday, Shane, on television, that this run of 4-0-1 was the second time this year they've had points in five in a row. The other one was a 2 and 3 those three at the end were two-goal lead here against Winnipeg, losing overtime. Two-goal lead against Montreal, losing overtime. To me, anyways, at least this had a little bit of a different feel. It's been their best feel. run. Yeah, yes. this has been yes. their best yeah. run without yes. question. And, and their play has been better throughout this, um, besides last night. Um, uh, but just but last night. Although the first period the was first great. The first period, I thought, was one of their best periods of yeah. the year. Max Patch already told Stormy in the between periods it, was, it might have been their best yeah. period. And I, down I, I, to nothing. I think it was second best. Their other best period was the one in against the Rangers in New York. That, yeah. that, that sure. one, they could have been yeah. up there. And I think I, I heard from the, the analytics people here that, that analytically, that that, until last yeah. night, that was their best period yeah. of the year, the first yeah. Yeah. against the New York Rangers. So. But back to your, your point earlier, Gary, about their inability. You know, they lost that game really in the first 10 minutes. They're all over the Rangers. Should have been Great chances, you know. You know. And, well, I even give you maybe the whole first period, but they're, you know, they give up two goals on consecutive shots. They're down to nothing. And then they have not. You know, it's interesting. At last check, we kind of keep this running stat or the, the people with NHL statistics do. There have been nearly 60 
come-from-behind wins in the NHL this year by a team trailing from at least two goals. You know, we've seen these teams come back from 3-0 down. The Rangers came back from 4-0 down in Montreal and won an overtime back uh, late last month. The Golden Knights have trailed by at least two goals in 11 games. So almost a third of their games, they have not come back to win any of them. So, you know, their inability to to kind of push, you know, I know they came back in Nashville, but I'm talking from two goals down where it yeah. seems like, I would say, you know, 25 out of the 31 teams in the league have been able to do it. They haven't been able to make a push when they've been down big in games like that. They needed to just play the same way last night. Like from the first period, at the end of the first period, they needed to say, even though it was down, they were down to nothing, they needed to say, we just need to play the same way, guys, we'll be okay. And, you know, maybe it's not your night and you lose 2-1 or you lose 3-2, whatever. But they gave up the ghost. And, like, it was changed on the third goal. For so sure. you got to think, because Nosek hits the crossbar, yeah, yeah, and 10 yeah, seconds yeah. later, Reeves, the double minor penalty, Rangers score on the second of that uh, double minor, and that third goal kind of took everything. Like, it could have been 2-1. Like, Nosek was yes. inches away yep. of making it a 2-1 game. Instead, penalty shortly after, 3 nothing, And from there, I, I agree. I think their game just went completely south. And you have to wonder, like, is that confidence? Is that, you know, I mean, they if we know they haven't come back from mind, they know that too, like in their bones, they know it. And you wonder if that really affects the way they play. And part of some of their success has been on special teams. Uh, the power play did not score yesterday. Um, they were 0 for 4. Meanwhile, they give up two power play goals. That's the opposite of what happened against the Rangers in New York. And you had the one turning point, Shane, uh, with Ryan Reeves, the double minor for high sticking. The other one was Zabanajad, shorthanded breakaway, Shea Theodore slashing. Vegas got 10 seconds of a power play, and we know if the power play is going... That was off a of one draw in yeah. the offensive end. Right, right. 10 there seconds. There was hesitation, and like, then... So at that point in the game, like, it's not out of reach. If if they yeah. get a goal back there, okay, then maybe you're thinking, Dave, that that stat could be out the window. They're right. playing well enough. If they get a power play goal there, maybe that jump starts them, and they can continue the way that they had been playing. But... That power play is short-circuited, and then, as we know, there was uh, another Rangers power play goal in the third to make it 5 nothing. but at that point, I think we know that the game yeah. was pretty much over in the latter stages of the, th- of the second period. Can I ask Shane a couple questions? Sure. sure. Can so, I tell you no. first, rate, review, and subscribe our podcast? Uh, yeah, Absolutely. Yes, you can. Make sure yeah. to do all that. Rate, review, and subscribe. iTunes is the place to do it. iTunes right, is the place to do that. By the way, our next podcast is going to be after Christmas, December 30th. Right now, we have it slated for the D right. Hotel. Monday the 30th. Monday the 30th, we're going to have a Golden Knights jersey giveaway during that podcast. A jersey giveaway? Jersey giveaway. So, well, all right. you know, maybe if, um, maybe if you have something... Are going to give away you... the Stone Pony? Like, what's the... No, you know, no I'm Are just, we going to give away a I Clifton? Know, I don't know uh, whose jersey Newark? it is. Oh, I'm not oh, sure. a jersey. No, a, a hockey ah, jersey, ah, Gary. Holy smokes. Ah, so if maybe you haven't got something you want for Christmas? Yeah, well, maybe Santa Claus didn't yeah. come through. Hey, listen, if your family screws you and doesn't get what you want for Christmas, you can count on SLG. And you're not going to re-gift this. So it'll be a Golden Knights jersey at our next podcast, December 30th. Obviously, you, th- you got to tune in for that. Tune in for that. Rate, review, subscribe. What did you think of the Lemieux hit, the elbow? Oh, I know, it's a penalty. Yeah. Uh, I, don't, I think the way he went in, I think it was momentum that swung the elbow around. I don't think we'll see much more come of this. Maybe a fine. Maybe a fine. Yeah. Um, I think it's unfortunate for Cody Glass, Oof. a great young player. Yeah. Didn't um, look good. It didn't look good. And, and you know... Kind of know a little bit of Brendan Lemieux, and, and he's a pretty honest guy. Plays the game hard. He's wor- hard. Wor- worked 
to yep. get there. He's an agitator, but I don't think it was delayed. He kind of went in the way his body spun. Again, we'll never know, but yeah. to me, it kinda, I don't think if he intentionally tried to swing his elbow and propel it towards his head, that's pretty malicious, and I don't think it was. Yeah, he's going to get a $5,000 fine. Okay, I, I so, agree with you. Let me just add to that. Sorry, Gary. I, I agree with you, and I the only thing I'll add, Shane, just in, in seeing it and watching it in slow motion, two things. First, Lemieux, his skates come off the ice a little bit, and I think that's why his elbow yeah. comes up as much it as it does. It was momentum. He kind of stays Right. If he, and Gary, I think you used the word reckless on the radio. Yeah. If you stay lower, if you are if you are trying to stay on the ice and you don't go airborne, then you could stay lower. Your elbows stay lower. So I, I totally agree. You with can't you swing your elbow. You right. can't no, swing no, your no, stick. No. you got to be, you gotta yeah, be yeah, in control yeah, of it, yeah, right? So I agree with you. You're that. responsible. The, the other thing is, and, and seeing one of the replays that you guys Should have been had, a major, and then yeah. it would have been done. And and the referee was there, but it's it's just watching the back of the referee's head. He's watching the hit, and then the puck goes away, and then the referee's glance turns right, as if he thought the hit was over. The because first part of the hit was... Yeah, the, the initial, con- the initial easy, contact right? yeah. is fine. Yeah. Exactly, yeah. and because the referee looks away to follow the puck, he doesn't see the aftermath, the follow-through, the elbow come up, and that's why there was no penalty called. So that's it's not as though the officials on the ice saw it, decided not a penalty. No, I think the referee, his gaze then went away as the, the hit unfolded. All right, here's my second question, and I want to ask you this because I asked Dan this on the radio last night. So the, a couple shifts later, Lemieux is on the ice, and Carrier and Reeves are on the ice at the same time, and Carrier asks Lemieux to fight, and Lemieux, I think, is about to say no, and then he sees Reeves, and I think he kind of in his oh, for mind sure. says, oh, if I fight this guy, I don't have to fight that it's guy. Pretty, fight your weight class. A pretty easy option. Yeah, I don't think he would have fought Reeves. I think, you know, Reeves would have ended up probably taking a penalty. It was handled that way. I honestly, if it was me and I'm on the team, I any chance I saw number 10 of the Rangers, I would have been running at him as hard as I could. Yeah. And there was, a, you know, we talked about a, a little bit on TV last night, Shane, that there was a time when that game got oh. to 4 nothing yesterday. It gets pretty ugly. Well, because after that, I'm going to be honest with you. Like the Carrier Lemieux thing was a bit of a rest, wrestling match. And if I'm Brendan Lemieux, I'm like, I got off easy. I, you know what I mean? Like their prize possession. No, that's the way the league is now. Great rookie. Like I know. The, I'm trying to work you up a little bit here. I would, I would go after, like, go after. <laughs> Aaron's a Banajad. Yeah. Somebody. Banajad. And right. Gorgian, I want Gorgian. Gorgian. Listen to <laughs> us. The goalie. Well, well, but here's Bunch the thing. Dinosaurs. In, in the last two games, now, now the Golden Knights have most hits in the league. Ryan yeah. Reeves has the single most hits of any player in the National Not Hockey the League. the last two. The Golden Knights have been out hit in their last two games. And Ryan Reeves, by the way, against the Islanders, had a season high in time on ice. Yet he only had two hits. Meanwhile, there was a couple of games a couple of weeks ago where he had 18 hits in two games. And he had only two in that game against the Islanders. And I'm starting to wonder... If that is so much part of the Knights' game, how come that they only had 21 hits last night while the Rangers had 36 at T-Mobile Arena? Yeah, T-Mobile, they, that one ball. When it's, I remember playing in the Islanders. Steve Webb used to get like 20 hits a game, uh, especially NASA Coliseum. They, Didn't the Islanders they, they, have 20 they, they hits inflate. in the first period? The uh, yes. Yeah. 20? Yeah. You think the scoring's a little... Uh, it's, I, I don't put a lot of stock into... Uh, that's Some okay. certain stats, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. Well, and then, and, and then home buildings usually out. do inflate, but last night I'll give you that. Yeah. Yes. Throw the numbers out. Did yeah. you see the Golden Knights playing no. as physically no. as they no. need? The Islander was a di- Islanders were was a different game. Right. Last night, last night the hit should have like for after Cody like that's what the league is now. You're not going to get away fight. So start throwing the body around. They're a physical team. That that's you know Carrier and Reeves have the ability to you know shift momentum with big hits. 
What did Turk say after the game last night? That the push stopped long before it should have? I'm said, paraphrasing he said, it. He but. said he liked the first period. He didn't like the rest of the game. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I, I, listen, I think it's that time of the year where you got to be, you, you got to keep your guys in the fight. And so I think it's a dangerous time to to really go after them. Actually, we should talk about that quote, too, that he uh, gave us the other day. Yeah. Um, so, it, it, yeah, I, I just think it, I don't want to say they quit last night, but I did, like they they lost all the all the races for the puck. They lost all the puck battles. They lost all the one on ones. Like get after that first period, the effort was... they, did, they didn't have anything that could bring them back. Even in no. the third, they had that power play. Alex Tuck gets a breakaway and misses the net right, right yeah. off the bat. Right off the bat, yeah. they had a ton of attempts early. They, they, there was twenty eight to ten were the attempts in the first period. Smith had a chance ten seconds the first shift of the game. Yeah, yeah. Georgiev made a big yeah. save on. So. Um, by the way, uh, Northern Nevada. So we've been doing these road trips the last couple of summers, different um, different broadcast locations. You know, a broadcast map's pretty large throughout the Rocky Mountain region. But if you're in Northern Nevada, watch party coming up. Two of them later on this week, Thursday in Reno. Uh, the watch party is at Little Waldorf Saloon. So if you're listening up in that direction, 4 o'clock on uh, Thursday. The Little Waldorf Saloon. Little Waldorf. I'd well, like to check that yeah. out. I just put to say. You'll be busy, Shane. You'll uh, be in St. Louis. Sounds like our type of place. <laughs> four, four, four stools should be kept warm. Exactly. Good day for We should school. take this uh, podcast on the road. Yeah. Yes. So Little Waldorf Saloon in Reno, that, and there's a lot more to it. There's going to be youth hockey clinics, a couple of during the afternoon, which would be fantastic. Then on Friday at in Carson City, watch party for the Golden Knights Stars game. Both of these are at 4 o'clock Pacific time. From... The Nevada room of the governor's mansion. How the, cool is this? The governor's mansion? The governor. I'm reading governor Sisolak. Governor Sisolak, who, uh, full disclosure, his uh, lovely daughter, Carly, wa- wa- works here. We call her the first princess of Nevada. <laughs> She's so I badger her all the time. Carly, when would the governor, when do you need me up there? You know, yeah. is the helicopter taking you up? Does he need help with some speeches? And she just rolls her eyes like most people do. <laughs> but how about that? That's pretty common cool. reaction. Yes. The governor's mansion is having a watch party on Friday. I'm go. so bummed we can't be there. The governor Sisolak tweets often about the governor. We can't be at any watch parties, Dave. I, I know, know that's you know, the I know. But anyway, so Reno on Thursday from Little Waldorf Saloon. Friday from the Governor's Mansion the uh, in Carson City. Those are the next couple of watch parties. Home ice for this team, guys. It's hard to believe the Golden Knights have lost six games at home in regulation so far this year. Seven, six, and three. This is a team. That, All right, you and Dan can throw the stats out, too. I think it was uh, February the first year they didn't hit their sixth home regulation loss in late January last year. Just kind of thinking off the cuff, here we are. Well, yesterday was December the 8th. I guess the question is, is that just, is it, does it fit hand in glove, Shane, with just how they've been for the most part this year, which is yeah, inconsistent? It is. I think the inconsistency Regardless of the venue, is, home, road. Yeah. And a great example is, you know, do they score early? That that crowd is so impactful in a game when they can get going early. Um Although we've seen them get going early and then falter in the third, which is, you know, it, it's just been a different year than the first two for them on home ice for whatever reason. Uh, you go in and you ask those guys, they'll tell you, like, how can you not love playing in front of the crowd at T-Mobile? But for whatever reason, they haven't been able to generate enough success at home. And again, I think this goes along that they, they just they haven't got to their peak game yet. Yeah, and I'll throw in what Alexander Georgiev, the goalie for the Rangers, who was terrific and has been terrific his last several games. Uh, he said it was like playing in a nightclub. And so it was fun. You know, 
the guys who are coming in with some confidence, they think, hey, we're, we can we can play well. Teams love playing here now. So teams, whereas in, in the beginning, there was an intimidation factor because you'd come in and the Golden Knights would strangle you in the first minute or two of the game. Well, you're not getting up to play in Florida in front of no. 10,000. But now, without the Golden Knights hammering you early and, and putting a, a chokehold on the game at the very beginning... Um, teams are enjoying it. And and we know there are plenty of visiting fans that come in. The Golden Knights fans always drown them out, but they know that there are visiting fans here. And if there's that, uh, that energy in the building, uh, there's energy in the building every game. The intimidation element is not there for the opposing team in the same way that it had been. GMs have worked really hard. Uh, there's a, a couple of factors. Like last night, the Rangers, Glenn Sather, John Davidson, Jeff Gordon, all upstairs watching the game, and the players know that, right? So uh, I think I think teams are are really bringing their heavy brass out for these games. I think to to keep the players on task, and then I also think a lot of teams have scheduled an a, an extra night if they can at the end of the trip. Yeah. So like a lot of teams come in. And they play the Friday, like, you know. The, well, that was motivation in the day. If exactly. you're staying over after the game, there's exactly. no better bit exactly. of motivation. So, light is green. so you, get in, you get in late Friday night. <laughs> My best games. You go to bed. You play on Saturday. Those are the ones. And then you know that sat, you got Saturday night or Sunday night, whatever it is, off in Vegas. And then you fly to the next city, the next place, and you get a green light. So, and, and that those things can change, right? Like if you're, you know. Coach walks in after the second period, and you're down three one, and says, "Yeah, we're going to go back to the hotel and get our bags, and we're going to go to San Jose tonight or wherever." Like it, it's your plane. You can you can tell you can Victor Newman and call uh, Miguel and say, uh, "Fire up the jet. We're leaving in 15 <laughs> minutes." You can do it whenever you Who want. Are these people? It's a soap opera. Oh, Come on, Dave. Uh, young and the Young and the Restless is that in Gary? Yes, exactly. Now we know what you do in the afternoons. It's one of the. It's one of the no, this is from the, the world. These turns. guys. It's an old line. Fire up the jet, Miguel, and he did get on the phone and phone the pilot. It was great. Um, speaking of goaltending, Dan, you brought this up earlier. Um, Malcolm Subban, who has started seven in a row. I think the assumption is, although we probably shouldn't assume, that Marc-Andre Fleury will play tomorrow against Chicago, coming obviously dealing with a lot with the, with the passing of his dad. Malcolm Subban uh, gives up five last night. I don't know. You know, if, if you look back on the goals, are there any? Uh, I, I guess the, the greater point is his play has improved, and they needed it to improve yeah. with, with Fleury away from the team. Well, yeah. He had an opportunity, Flurry, and you needed him more than ever. And, and as, as a professional athlete, for where Malcolm Subban had been, it wasn't good enough. And he was knew he'd have this opportunity. Flurry would be gone for, you know, it wasn't a short period of time. You knew it would be an extended period. He needed to step up, and he did. So I give him credit for that. They really needed it, and he he came in. I, I go You go back to that Nashville game, though. Him getting that first win. To me, was you know yeah. such a so much weight off his shoulder, just relief, um, and you know he's able. I think from there, it just took off, right? Confidence, a goalie uh, being a goalie is like mentally tasking. It, it is, it yeah. wears you down, and that win to me really just elevated, and he was just looked relaxed, comfortable, able to go out there and play. Well, the two games after that one, the. Uh Game in Nashville gave up the three goals. Obviously, Vegas uh, wins it late. But Arizona and New York, he gave up one goal in each of those. Yeah. 
that to me is significant. Um, and then, you know, the game uh, against the Devils, you know, gave up three and then obviously the overtime loss on the island. But Malcolm said that his best game was the one against the Islanders. And then there's uh, there's an overall letdown, I suppose, uh, when your team can't score, you're not going to win. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, but, but so I, I, I don't uh, I, I think it got to the point, though, that, you know, I, I would guess, guys, if you were to go back, say, I don't know, three weeks ago and you see a final score where Malcolm Subban gives up five goals, you're thinking, well, he just hasn't figured it out yet. But because it comes after the stretch of being 4-0 and 1, we're not thinking about no. pinning anything on Malcolm Subban for the loss yesterday. Not to say he was extraordinary. Alexander Georgiev was extraordinary. But I think that we're looking at other elements of the team's game, not Malcolm Subban in a 5 nothing loss. But, you know, even with the 5 nothing loss, his save percentage over that period of time was still 909. Um, you know, going into this stretch, it was under 900. Yeah. So he's been better, needed to be better. And uh, the hope is Marc-Andre Fleury will be uh, good to go here. If not the Chicago game, then they've got this two-game road trip. St. Louis and Dallas. Of course, the Sheriff Lawless, Some Guy Named Dave podcast brought to you by the Finley Auto Group. Terrific people. Accurate Jaguar, Lincoln, and Chevy. Go them. They are the best. Go see them. They're the best in the business. Coming off yesterday's game, guys, uh, we talked about the hit to Cody Glass. Cody Eakins out week to week. What do they do? You know, they, they moved glass from right wing to center on that third line. Yeah, probably just recalled Nick Waugh and put him in the middle there. Somebody made the I point guess. to me after the game last night. What about Brandon Peary? Where does yeah. he fit in all this? We'll see it. Oh, the acquisition of Chandler that's Stevenson. That's what I said. Stevenson things. can move to the middle. And that's right. when we asked Gerard Gallant about Stevenson on the fourth line, Stevenson on the third line. What was his thought process? He says, I don't have a thought process. I just wanted to see him at different positions. I just... Uh... Yeah, I don't know. I think I think they need they need more offense. Right. 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 Yep. And and though Stevenson scored that goal in his Vegas debut, he has 15 career goals. Right. I mean, you're not going to get a ton of production from Chandler Stevenson. He had a, himself a breakaway and he couldn't get a good shot off. Puck kind of rolled off his stick on a breakaway situation. You know, when he could score, you'll certainly take it. But at the same time, yeah, you're you're not going to expect dynamic offensive production from Chandler Stevenson. So someone's up. It's got to be maybe it's Nick Waugh, maybe it's Brandon Peary, but they're going to have to, you know, and they, they, they put Carrier on that third line left wing for a couple of games, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I think the thought was it's, it's detracted from the fourth line and the effectiveness he, he's, of that. He's earned the spot to move up, right. but when they take him off the fourth line, the fourth line isn't the same. So, uh, yeah, we'll see. I, my guess is it'll be Nick Waugh, and they'll just pl- plug him right in the middle or, you know, or move Stevenson. But so Waugh, Waugh's a better centerman. So who centers the third line? Nick Waugh. Probably Waugh. Yeah. Why rather than in Stevenson? Rather than yeah, they put Stevenson on the other side. Yep. Yeah. Um, so the good part is, and we talked a lot, guys, about the inconsistency of this team, and it's all fair game. There's some other good teams out there too. There's some other good teams, Nides. But here's the other thing: they're only five points out of first place. Nobody in that division, like Edmonton and Arizona, and um, you know, obviously, of teams that are that have improved from last year, they're only five points ahead of the Golden yeah. Knights. And they're it's almost, not like they've uh, run away almost, and only a point or two out from being out. Yeah, so it's, like if they're it's not going to be like the, that. For they're not in the Metro Division where the Capitals are, you know, or the Bruins in the in the Atlantic. They're only five. You know, when they played the game on Long Island, they were three points out of first place going into that game. So I guess if I mean, if you want to look at a silver lining, we're not quite to the halfway point, but it's going to be here pretty soon. And we talk about. There's some good, some not so good. I guess the positive is, if you want to spin it that way, that the, the division is 
is okay. It's not great. Well, I got a couple of big games coming up against Vancouver. Yeah. Uh, who's right being right there. And this one is an interesting five. week. You know, it's you it's get, a like, big week. You got Chicago at home and then the back-to-back in St. Louis and and, and Dallas. So that's no picnic. They're, those are good teams. Well, the da- they went into Dallas. Um, the lat- the front end of that Dallas-Nashville trip yeah. didn't go very well, nope. obviously. And then uh, the Blues, um, they, they had a good season last year. <laughs> what did you think? <laughs> they had a good oh, no, they had a good half season. They had a good second half. Yeah. And then a real good June. What did you think of Gerard Gallant's comments where he said the other day that he doesn't coach against the players, he coaches with the players? Yeah, I, I think that's a I thought it was very well said. Yeah. You know, especially uh, with everything going on. It's it, But at the same time, I think he's the type of guy who, who's able to, to let a player know. He knows how to coach to their personalities. I think that's the big thing now uh, for coaches today. Guys, different guys need to be handled differently. Not everybody will respond to the same type of coaching. And I think, you know, we've seen polls. Gerard Gallant's one of the most popular coaches. Yeah. So he's figured it out. And it was a real good comment by him in, in a time that's, you know, a lot of coaches and former coaches are really getting brought down for their, the way they, they you know, coach. I've, yeah. I've, had, hey, I've had more than my fair share of uh, what we've heard about it. I'm different. To me, it made me stronger, but that's just the way I'm wired. Well, and it's interesting, Gary, and we touched on this on Lawless and Order. The pendulum has swung from, look, the players are making more money than ever. Yep. Um, they know if you decide to just tune out a coach or quit on a coach, more than likely you're going to outlast that coach. Mike Babcock, I mean, you know, signs this big eight-year deal. Was he five years into it in Toronto? He had, he had this year and three more to go. Yeah, so he'll be okay. It'll be fine. No bingo nights for Mike. But the point being, what worked 20 years ago, it's all... No. Rod Brindamore made this point. That pendulum changed. It's yeah. not just this year. No. It's been this way for a while. It continues Rick, to evolve. Yes. Yeah, Rick yes. Talk had played... Like, Rick Talk had played for Mike Keenan. Like, that was his kind of, you know, where he really kind of made... And he played for Scotty Bowman. Like, he played for some some guys that were famous for their, their, their mind games. And... He said the other day, he goes, it's not a dictatorship, it's a partnership. So it like it, it has it has changed. And uh it'll be it'll be interesting to see, like to me, it can go too far. When the pendulum swings, sometimes it can go too far. You know, you still have to hold the players accountable. You still have to have it, you are the coach. You still have to get performance, and it is about about wins and losses. So how guys are able to navigate those situations moving forward that to me will be really fascinating and it is harder than ever to coach and i if if i was a coach i'd want lots of term and lots of money because you know if they do decide to tune you out you get clipped well coach still has to be an authority figure yeah and and to be an authority figure you ought to be respected by those uh, at your direction and um i don't think that you need to be feared in order to be respected and I think that the players now uh, don't need to fear their coaches. And as you pointed out, Shane, there's a point in time where a lot of coaches got something out of their players by with fear. Um, and and I, I cannot say I was ever in that situation. I had a coach challenge me to fight at a practice. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's, that was years ago. But, uh, no, I, I, I would have probably was, won. You but you know what? I would have. And then, you know what? It, <laughs> I, I, work the next I, it's a great story nowadays. <laughs> like, like, but that's, you know, it, it, at the same time, as you said, Gary, it, it, 
you want to get the most out of your players. But, and that doesn't always mean you push the same button. Sometimes, and you said it, Shane. Sometimes a guy might need a pat on the back. It's a completely different keyboard now. Yeah. Well, there you go. And <laughs> and, you go. and and well later said. on, he he, you know, you someone might need a kick in the rear end. It doesn't yeah. mean you can't still have. I, I heard a quote recently from from a, a woman very successful in business, and she talked about the phrase "tough love." It's not tough love. It's being tough and love. Right. That we're was getting, really interesting. Deep. This is yeah. incredible. Well, that's it. Because Way you, over my head. In other words, you could still be tough on a guy. Yeah. But if that guy knows that you love him, yeah. and I think the players know how much Gerard Gallant really loves his team. <laughs> if you if you know that that coach loves you and really cares about your well-being and your success, you can take him being tough on you. Yeah. The players have to know that you're in it with them. Right. And that was you the know, substance of that quote. Of his, yeah. 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 And I, like, I quote Noel, he got fired, but I love this quote. He, not too long before he got fired, he said, he said, I'm not on top of the ditch yelling at the guys. I'm in the ditch and I got a shovel in my hand and I'm trying to help them get out, get out of the ditch. So it's all different versions of the same thing. There was a time. That was exactly how it was. Oh, you were, yeah, you were the, you were the, it was a chain gang and you were on your horse and you were uh, screaming and yelling. Those days are long gone, but kind of to your point, there has to be a level of accountability. If you're going to be, you know, if you're Gerard Glenn, name the coach, you've got to be able to hold guy. And I guess the question is, how do you do it? It's a different athlete now. How do you go about holding that accountability? Right. You can still, well, and and, and who you play with and when you play. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, they, you, you've got players now that it's like a recruitment. When I came, they, I was just looking for them to give me an NHL jersey to put on, and I was happy. I didn't yeah. care what the weather was like, what uh, the amenities were like, uh, practice rink. Most teams didn't have a practice rink. Um, you know, so there's a, there's another sense of, oh, everything needs to be perfect and this and that. It's just it's different in society all around. It is what it is. And Gerard Gallant has done a real good job yeah. figuring it out and coaching his team the right way. The late Bob Johnson to, you know, to today's a great day for hockey. Like he, he long time ago, 30 years ago, he said, there's two ways of coaching. There's fear-based coaching. I don't do that. And then there's getting the players to have pride in what they're doing for the collective. That's the way I coach. And he was very successful. He, you know, died way too young, and uh, you know, otherwise probably would have won those those Stanley Cups that Scotty Bowman got in Pittsburgh. They're probably Bob Johnsons. The late Herb Brooks uh, died too young as well, and I know Fear Shane there, loves right? the U.S. Olympic team of 1980. Again, again, he united that team against himself. Yeah, yeah but that doesn't work anymore. Not a chance. No, not a chance. That's 35 years ago. I know. Yeah. Uh, listen, closing if, in if on If you 40. score 20 goals. 1980. If you oh score gosh, 20 right. goals in the yeah. NHL, they're probably handing you a six-by-six six contract. Right? If, if in your first couple of years, if, if under the age of 22, you score 20 goals. Or by five, yeah, six-by-five, six-by-six, six, right? somewhere you know in mean? there. You never work again money. Shane would make three million a year these days. Maybe not three, two and a half. Shane might, Shane <laughs> might, Shane, Shane might be a four and a half million dollar player. No, 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 no. Let's not go bananas. Let's not get crazy. <laughs> he doesn't want to think about it. That's very depressing. Actually, I think Shane would be a seven million dollar player. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It'll be it over seven years. It's only a slight cut from what he's making now. Yeah, yeah, Colorado exactly. work on television. We we were talking earlier about uh, about next week's uh, our next episode. We're going to do a jersey giveaway, and I mentioned that. Uh, you know, if you feel feel like your family didn't, you know, deliver the proper gift, that you know, we could, we'll have a good gift. I, I'm I'm interested. What's the worst Christmas present you've ever gotten? 
The worst. Oh, wow. Does that include uh, the gag gifts you used to get on the no, team? No, no, no. This is like this. <laughs> I don't is know like, if I can repeat this, those. It's for Shane and I. It's funny because you know you're you've got you've got you've got family and uh, you know you you get you know your kids give you something and you open it up and you got to fake it like you love it, right? Even though if it's uh, awful, yeah. <laughs> I, I've I've got one. Uh, and as a kid, my I had cousins who were older than me, and they, they were you know, really excited to give me a gift. It was Christmas Eve at my grandparents' house, really excited. You know, we were going to get gifts later because Santa Claus was going to come and all that. And uh, they said, all right, well, we'll give you one. We, we can't wait. We really want to give this to you. It was a Chia Pet. <laughs> now, at the time, I didn't realize that they were pulling my chin. Yeah, okay. Right? All right? There were other gifts coming later on, yeah. and I was I was mortified. A Chia Pet? Ghost, what do you got? <laughs> I don't know if I have a worse one. Like, I just remember getting, like, um, even when I was older, you'd get a tie from somebody that you knew you would never wear. Yes. Right. You know what oh, I mean? Oh, yes. Ever. Now like, I wear. I like getting ties I, now. But I I mean, I tend to remember the best. But yeah, me too. I, I got, like, I got an air hockey table when I was like 10 or 11. Oh, it was awesome. I got, I got one a Huffy too. bike yeah. one year. It was awesome. But I, I don't know. I haven't got a lot of bad ones where I'm thinking, what the hell well, are you thinking? I remember when I got my my dual cassette boombox. That was big because you could record oh, from one yeah, to the other. Yeah, that was pretty yeah, exciting. Make some mixtapes for the ladies uh, of people. That was big. Running in the other direction. Uh, back, uh, my Atari uh, was a good one. Oh, I remember I got, uh, and I don't know if you guys, I'm a little younger. Well, not Dan, but Sun Ice. I got a Sun Ice jacket, Ooh, like those fluorescent, like multicolor. Yeah. Like, well, I'm hot. talking, you could see me from three miles, especially <laughs> living in the prairies. It had the yellow, the all fluorescent, <laughs> just. <laughs> oh, sweet. That I was a, a sweet Scott 80s Stevens jacket. jersey. Scott uh, Stevens' jersey was one of my favorites. My nice. brother, he's still to this day, every once in a while when he's when he's kind of working me over, I can I can bring him back to this moment. There was a there was a guy named Jerry Doucette, and he had a song, Mama Let Him Play. And it became it was a huge hit. Well, his next album was called The Deuce Is Loose. And it had no hits on it. I got the deuces loose for Christmas, and it was the worst kiss. The worst. title says it all. <laughs> no. Doesn't so sound promising. Every once in a while, you know, when, when my brother is kind of giving me a hard time or whatever, I'll just go, what's Jerry just set up to? <laughs> and that, uh, that ends the conversation. We're working on the ball. Yes. There's anything wrong with that. Yeah. Last hey. year, I got my, my little girl, Lauren, gave me a calendar of like... Uh, all these pictures. Yeah, well, they, 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 that was a fantastic. Kids got, they, they got yeah. so many advantages now they to do. go online. They don't need to leave a chair to shop. So hard, hard as it might be to believe, I was an only child. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> so it would take two and a half hours on Christmas mornings for my parents and me to open our gifts. And 85% of them were for the yeah, knucklehead for kid. Sure, yeah. There's only one kid. Uh, just, two and my, and a half hours. just my brother and I. It, and was, it was awesome. the same. We had, we had. Huge Christmas where we were, uh, and we were the only grandchildren on both sides of grandparents. Oh, wow. yeah. So yeah, it added up. Spoiled. My dad one year we got he got my brother and I a hockey net, and the poor slob he didn't realize that he had to string the mesh on it. So well, he's the put, worst I've had putting to do that. the thing together, and now he's like six or seven rum in, and it's midnight on Christmas Eve, and. All of a sudden, we hear this, like, we're supposed to be sleeping upstairs. We hear this banging, and he's falling in it. He's got the, the mesh shutter. He's, he's sprawled out under the tree. Oh, no. <laughs> I'll tell you, I guess, and, and this might be, you know, I don't know, uh, 30 years a little bit late, but I have to give props to uh, whoever it was. I, I presume Santa Claus. <clears throat> but uh, I got a, a wooden 
train set as a kid. Oh. And when it showed up, it wasn't in boxes. It showed up like it was on the Macy's floor, all set up, right under the tree. Busy night for Santa? A busy Putting night for Santa. For so yeah. Santa knows who he is, <clears throat> who uh, who set that up overnight. Yeah. Yes. Big props. Uh, that will go down as one of the more memorable Christmas mornings for sure. All right, last thing before we go. Have you guys watched the vlog? Our vlog? Yes, I've watched oh, IGTV. <laughs> so Instagram television, which is an, evidently they have that these days. Uh, so we were asked to do a vlog in our last road trip through Dallas. We'll, and we'll get better. It was, it was kind of the initial run. It's it's had. Well, since we're since what, we're airing the grievances, let's, let's yes. yeah, Festivus. Okay. There's not enough Gary and Dan. It's all Shane I, and that Dave. That was by design. Shane's, yeah. Shane's on the lead of this, but yes, we do need to get <laughs> yes. everyone involved a little bit more. I have to and, work on my singing voice to yeah, get up well, to there. You, you go, go shirt. But it's if lovely. you have a chance, go on IGTV. You can go on Twitter, I guess, wherever. It's But it's out there. We, it's we were told there's now. been 72,000 views. Over wow. 72,000. Yeah, it it's very popular it's, on the YouTube. It's very good. On the YouTube It's very well. good. It's very what? good. It's Shane is a uh, is a li- likable guy. Well, no, let's not get carried so away. Yeah, but one out of two. <laughs> but I like the behind-the-scenes video of you guys going yeah. on the game, too. Yeah, I thought yeah. that was pretty uh, yeah. pretty good. And I'll tell you what, they did a nice job with Shane. I won't speak for you, but I didn't even know they were there, which I think that's probably the best stuff. That's the candid stuff. Yeah, we need yeah, more candid know. stuff. Yeah. That's what Gary and I were talking. We yeah, need, we need so. somebody like pop out of the closet and walk out of the bar. Be from out. Well, what doesn't always have to be a bar. Just seems that's <laughs> well. Usually we're a good chance of finding us there. Shane. But <laughs> if that's the setting, if that's you'd like setting. somebody pop up from behind <laughs> the bar, you'd like to find us. Chances <laughs> are, are usually right there. Prime real estate. <laughs> Why don't you? Uh, are you done? Yeah, so Why anyway, no, check out the vlog on Why IGTV. Why don't you take us out with a little uh, a little Christmas what something? Should we, uh, what should we... A little, not little Elvis. Christmas oh, something. No, not, not Elvis. How about... You like the little drummer boy, don't a you? A newborn king to see ba-ra-ba-bum-bum. Have I, given, have I given you my alternate version? No. A no, newborn no. king, Dave G, ba-ra-ba-bum-bum. <laughs> and then I changed the next line instead of... Um, what's, the, what's the regular line? <laughs> I, I, this isn't probably going to be a good thing, but I'll see. Check out that bum. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not good. No, we're gonna have to edit. But anyway, uh, so I like the little <laughs> no, drummer boy. So my one of my favorites is uh, Bing Crosby and David Bowie, both yeah, in yeah. the big oh, concert yeah. hall in the sky. Yeah. Now their yeah. version of Little Drummer Boy. Oh, that's so, the best. it is pretty yeah, good. I love yeah. that one. So yeah. yeah, so there you go. I like all the Bing Crosby stuff at Christmas. Yeah. He's the best. White Christmas by Bing. Yeah. Very well, not good. Bad. Not we bad. listened to. So we, we decorated the tree the other day, oh, which yeah. is a massive tree. Yes, it is. Thanks to Gary and his friends. Yeah. To Elvis's. Uh, he's got a whole Christmas CD. So Elvis, oh, yeah. what was the Elvis, the Boston Pops, and uh, the Charlie Brown Christmas one? I like those the, are the three in the rotation. I like the Pogues that uh, the, the their Merry Christmas song. It's a pretty good one. Uh, Sinatra was singing uh, the yeah. Anyways, I don't know the, all the words, but it's uh, yeah. I like it when I hear it. I like it, and of course I like Springsteen's. Right, there's, there's Santa Claus right. is coming to town. Why don't you give us Santa Claus is coming? Santa Claus is coming to town. Oh, 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 that's Shane's personal. That's and, the uh, first time I've heard Dave sing better than the artist. <laughs> <laughs> it's Merry no tragically hip, but it's Merry not Christmas bad. to all you guys. That's right. Merry we'll Christmas to the people until after Christmas. Listeners. So thank uh, you. yeah, thank you for joining us and. Uh, Watch us on TV, listen on the radio, uh, whatever uh, whatever you feel you'd like to do. And we'll talk to you next time on the Sheriff Lawless Some Guy Named Dave podcast. Merry Christmas, everyone. <laughs>